Welcome to episode 35 of the Cincy Postcast. We are recapping the loss to Philly and the season that was. Yes, a sad end to the season, but an overall positive season. Uh, can you feel good about the season even after this last 10 minutes in Philly? In part two, we run through the roster to tell you who is not coming back next year. And in part three, we have your questions. Can you build a starting 11 out of pasta? And finally, we wrap up with a touching tribute. I don't know if I can say that, but a nice tribute to KLR here at the end. And all of that together will be your episode 35. On joining me to talk about all of that, we've got Grayson, we've got the Chief with us. I, I'm starting slightly more somber because I'm, I'm still recovering from that Philadelphia game, especially the end of it there. That was, that was rough. But, uh, but Grayson, how do, we, how do we feel a few days out? We've had, I mean, a, a week out now at this point. We've had a chance to let it breathe. How are we feeling? Well, you know, I, I got to say I've been busy uh, ever since the game. Um, things aren't good. looking good. Things Keep aren't looking good. Busy. It's good for we're, grief. Keep yourself busy. We're, de- yes. we're down, but, but I don't think we're out of it yet. So I've been, I've been pushing the pavement. Um, I've got some, uh, been doing some organizing. I have a Kickstarter. Um, have you guys heard of the independent supporters group theory? Okay. No. Okay. Into into this. It has, it has some contested precedent, but the theory holds that results while relevant to the outcome are not determinative. And our precedent Ooh. is after FC Cincinnati finished last in 2020, the decision was made not to award the wooden spoon. So I do think it's not fair that I think that there were, I have some questions about the game. Some irregularities, Um, some irregularities. irregularities. A lot of people are asking these questions. Leon Flock scored. Leon Flock had not scored all season. You think he suddenly scores in the playoffs? No. I'm just saying. So so I have gone, we know Philly's a hotbed for cheating. I know. I have been going around to independent supporters councils. Don't interrupt me. This is very important. People need to know what's going on. I've been going around to independent supporters councils trying to get up support to officially lodge protests. Uh, I went to Judge Aileen Cannon and I asked for an injunction. I'm not sure what that is, but uh, I I asked for (laughs) it and we're going to see what happens there. Um, And uh, so far, I've only got one. Uh, supporters group that has pledged to support me. It is the uh, Proud Boy supporters group for NYCFC. Disavow. Um, so <laughs> we're hoping, but I've I've got a lot of people who have not gotten back to me. Right. Okay. I want to point out that okay. the vast majority of people have not yet gotten back to me okay, and have fair. not gotten read receipts. So <laughs> we're working on it. Like I said, we are down, but it's not over yet. It's have you have you have you attempted to show them the evidence that we have of boxes of goals being driven into Subaru Park 
after dark, after the match was already over, after the full-time whistle, boxes of goals being driven in under cover of darkness. So I sent everybody there to all the emails I sent to the supporters groups. Uh, There was a large 25 megabyte folder that was labeled pictures of boxes. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. This is serious. And uh, so they, they have access to my box and everybody else's box. This is this changes everything right here. That's how diseases we, we need, spread. We, we, need to, we need to rise an army of people to go outside the MLS League offices and demand that the, this game, the outcome of this game, be changed. It's not time to stop the count yet. Don't stop counting goals. There's more goals for FC Cincinnati out there. Until the ball kicks. In, uh, until, until, the, until the first whistle of New York City FC versus Philadelphia Union, uh, it's not over. And I'm That's saying true. that there are other ways to stop that whistle from sounding if my, if my injunction is not granted. I, uh, I wish you all the best in your injuncting. Uh, I think is how I'm supposed to say that. So. I I actually did have a thought that it would be would have been really funny to do this podcast as if we had won and just completely not <laughs> acknowledge the fact that, that that there had been a loss. Like talk about how exciting it was that FC Cincinnati was in the Eastern Conference Final and we're getting that game against NYCFC and can we can we avenge those previous losses that have taken place on a baseball field and see how long we could go before somebody that was listening to this actually was like wait wh- what like did i did did i did, did something the happen? Unbelievable did they... overturning of their goal has right. allowed us to. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe it. Jim Curtin is in prison for match fixing. They've disqualified Philadelphia from the postseason. I mean, it turns out he didn't dress like a te- an adult playing a teenager in a high school movie. He actually was a fucking villain. And now FC Cincinnati has been awarded onward and just see like if we could have gotten at least one or two people to like get their phones out and Google to see if something had happened. Yeah, they just we, weren't aware about it. I mean, you bring it up, but Grayson, I, I think you, you flagged this earlier. Didn't uh, St. Louis's like president or GM or something. Didn't he do, do hard time for match fixing in Southeast Asia? He did, yes, he did go to prison for for match fixing. Um, you I think that would be, be a bigger story. <laughs> I want to be very care. I want to be very careful here. Okay. Um, I want to be very careful on this one because I have not been able to confirm, which is why I've not tweeted about it or anything. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Allegedly, allegedly, he say says, allegedly. They so can't sue you. He did. He did go to. He did go to prison in Indonesia for. Singapore, no, Singapore. Singapore, sorry. Singapore. He did go to prison in Singapore. Everyone goes to prison in Singapore. For, for match fixing. Um, he has... A lot of the late, latest reporting about him says he was cleared. The only actual reporting I can find, actual source saying he was cleared, is him saying in many interviews that he was cleared. Mm. Source, um, trust me, bro. So, I mean, if you get out of prison having served the time, isn't that the legal system's way of clearing you, right? You've, you're now clear of the consequences of the crime you committed. And he's clear out of Singapore. The only thing I know about the Singapore justice system is that there's definitely a demarcation point between 
serious crimes and non-serious crimes? Because wasn't that the place where that kid got the spray painting thing back in the 90s and he got caned for vandalizing some shit? It was a big story. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, so like, and I believe like there's like tens of thousands of dollars in fines for chewing gum. Is that Singapore? Right. Like they're. <laughs> It's but the only reason I the place. only reason I remember it is that there was a, it was the subject of a Weird Al Yankovic song growing up that um, he included a <laughs> line about a kid getting caned in Singapore, and for a while, um, for a while, if you watch pro wrestling, the uh, the kendo sticks were referred to as Singapore canes instead, really trying to like hot copy uh, or get in on that like hype in the uh, the evening news hype from what was going on over there. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Um, I mean, this is as good a time as any to mention. If you love our brilliant insights about countries around the world, well, baby, we're keeping the postcast going through the World Cup this year. So uh, uh, you have all of that to look forward to. So again, if you if you hated our FCC takes, you're going to hate our international soccer takes even more. Uh, so we have that to look forward to. I cannot wait to be doing this all through the winter that'll be fun we'll we'll i don't know have to have to build a fire down here in my basement somewhere get nice and cozy it'll be fun um i'm just trying to distract myself from this philly game so grace and i appreciated the the diversion there chief i don't know we're a week out or as the disappointment worn off are we happy about the season now or or is it still still hurt i just it's been tough because objectively I know that this was a good result for the year. We had a good season this year. Um, we exceeded expectations. We exceeded my expectations. I think we exceeded most people's reasonable expectations about how this team went. That I know that, but then there's another part of my brain that I can't unknow as a sports fan where it's like, you're a pro sports team. The goal should be to win a title every year. There should never be a season where the goal isn't to win a title. And any season you don't win a title is a failure. And there is one team that succeeds and everyone else fails. And I just, I hate this. I hate this in my bones, this idea of, well, you had a good year. You have a lot to be proud of. No, you didn't. You fucking lost. You lost. You didn't even make it to the championship game. You lost. It's like this hold your head up. You've got a lot to be proud of. Horse shit that the blue check marks and the reporters. It like kind of started to wear on me about like yeah. 24, 48 hours after this game where I'm like, stop patronizing me. You, you son of a bitch. Like, no, yeah. I'm angry about this. I have a right to be angry when my sports team loses. I have a right to be angry when my sports team doesn't win a title. And it's like, there, there's no participation trophy in sports. And so was this better than I thought it was going to be? Yeah, but I, I, I reject the idea that you can't be upset that they lost, especially in a game like this where it wasn't like they were just outplayed and run off the field. They had opportunities yeah. to win this game. They had opportunities to score. Um, they conceded one goal. They, they kept the MLS clean sheet. Um, yeah. And so it's like, I'm angry they lost that game. And I'm, I'm disappointed they lost that game. And I'm disappointed they didn't do more in the playoffs. 
I can hold that thought in my head while simultaneously understanding that like this was probably a good season. But I, it's just the worm has already started to turn in the bottle for me of this. Well, this was a great, great little year you had there, Cincinnati. Now sit back and watch as the real teams go and try to win a title. Maybe you'll be there eventually. It's like, fuck off. You know, just I'm, yeah. I, I don't I don't need that. I don't want that. Yeah, I think that I, th- I would say that they've met what like goal number one should have been this year, right? Goal your, your goal in MLS every season, no matter what team you are, needs to be to make the playoffs minimum, yeah. right? And you had and I think you've, we've seen a lot of people get kind of suckered in to this idea that you know oh we just wanted to see we just wanted to see progress, right? Well. Right. You want to see progress in like, you know, fifth grade, right? Because there's like continuity, you know, it's like, okay, well, now I'm doing, now I'm doing long division, right? right. And you can build on that. But and we'll, we'll go into, you know, next season later, but we've said it on the podcast. I think Chief may have been the first person to make this point. There really is the only thing you have guaranteed to you is this season. Yep. It's the, it's the only thing you can yep. really count on is this season, right? And we might have, you know, all these people coming back. We feel really good about Noonan and Albright. But what if, like, you know, Albright goes out drinking one night with his buddies and then starts sharing his thoughts on immigration on Twitter or something, right? <laughs> like, like there's, or, or we find out that we've had, you know, four or five DPs this season and we get hit with a $3 million allocation money penalty over the next three years. I right. guess we can I mean, also like keep it positive and say that like a couple people attract attention from Europe and get promotions. But if you want to go to a dark yeah. place, I'm here for it. What I'm, what I'm saying is like you can't you can't depend on anything happening next year. You know, yeah. like you, it's we've seen it with the Reds, we've seen it with the Bengals, you've seen it with every every team that you may follow. You know, like there were those years in the Premier League where when Spurs were coached by Pochettino and it was like every season, it's like, no, this is the season that they can do it. And they got really close that one year that Lester won. And, you know, it, it, they never, it never, they never really even threatened for it, you know, and you need to, you need to take your chance when you have it. So I came away, I come away from this saying this FC Cincinnati team was good enough was good enough to win MLS Cup this season. Exactly. And that's the only thing. And I am disappointed that that they didn't. And I don't want to feel I don't want to come across as a pessimist because you can't, you know, get depressed every season you don't win a championship because only one team wins a championship. But I do think that and I said before the Philly game that this is not a this was not a 49 point team going into the Philly game. This was a team that won like that that went that lost one game in the last like 3 months of the season, you yeah. know? Right. That was giving up close to a goal a game that was outscoring everybody in the league. You know, this was a team from goalie to striker that could have beat anybody in in major league soccer. And so I'm not going to, I, I don't want to say pat myself on the back cause I didn't do anything, but I'm not going <laughs> to like just sit in satisfaction and be like, Oh, we, 
overachieved. We were playing with house money. Um, I just feel good about, you know, they tried real hard because I did go into the Philly game thinking that we, that we could win and that we could beat anybody left in the playoffs. It wasn't a crazy thought going into that Philly game that they could win. And they almost did like that. It was a close game. And that's, that's a, that's a perfect articulation of just like this feeling I've had where it's like sports for me, when you follow sports and I follow just about every sport there is, and I've got a team that I, you know, causes me misery. But like when you follow a sports team, you always do at some point in the year, some mental calculus of, do we have it this year? Or do we have the potential to do it this year? And in some sports, it's real easy to do that. Like in the NFL, the calculus is, do you have a good quarterback? And if the answer is yes, then you can safely say that, yeah, there's a pathway for this team to win a title if it, you know, gets to the playoffs and gets hot. Um, Baseball, it's all about starting pitching. Like if you've got three good starting pitchers, you can convince yourself with some justification that, okay, we get to the postseason, this team has got a chance to do it. Soccer is a little harder, a little bit, but to Grayson's point, this team lost what? Chicago and Columbus in July were the only two losses it took like forever since the end of may yeah. since the end of may they played with just about everyone they scored on just about everyone i think they only got shut out other than this philly game like what maybe like three times this year and they were all in the first half of the season it had been yeah. a long time since this team had been held scoreless so you look at this team and it's like okay i get that it you're not supposed to be here they were there was a rebuilding year but if you're if you're honest with yourself and you look at this roster and how this team was playing, they had a shot to win MLS Cup this year. I don't think yes. that it was a you know you wouldn't think it was a betting money favorite, but it wasn't zero, and it certainly was a decent shot. They could play with just about anyone in the league. So from that standpoint, I I, I you can't look at this season and look at it as we thought FC Cincinnati was in February. You have to look at this season as FC Cincinnati was as they entered into the playoffs and as they played down the stretch. And as they played down the stretch, this is a team that was capable this year, as fucking crazy as this would have been to tell yourself this back in the winter, this was a team that this year was capable of winning MLS Cup. And so from that standpoint, are you happy that things seem to be way better than they were a calendar year ago? Absolutely. But like, I think you'd have every right to be disappointed that this team didn't go out there and win this game against Philadelphia. They could have quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. I I think too about, especially like how the playoff had gone and like, we know we can hang with Philadelphia. We know we can hang with New York city. And I, I was thinking back to this, uh, the LAFC game at TQL stadium, uh, way, way, way long ago ended two to one to LA in a game where Vasquez didn't start, Blackett, Nelson, and Harris all started. And oh, by the way, that was Celentano's second start ever for FC Cincinnati, coming off of a game against the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. And we looked pretty good that game. And I know LAFC underwent some changes since then too, but like, I'm looking at the Western Conference thinking like, whoever emerges out of this, either it's LAFC or it's somebody who beat LAFC. And I think we can hang with them. Um, yeah, it was it was just frustrating that like 
it was there and it's not there. I will say though, I I I I will be I'll be the optimist here on this podcast is building to a championship doesn't happen overnight. Winning a championship rarely happens overnight. There is a sort of building up process that maybe takes two years. You know, if you're on a super expedited timeline in soccer, especially things can change. You can move a lot of pieces very quickly. Um, we were also missing Obi were... for the LAFC game. Yes, yes. Obi yes. hadn't started yet. So, I mean, <laughs> I would have loved to have had a rematch. Um, but if you look at it on, like, going from worst to championship, you probably weren't pulling that off in one year. And I think rightfully we've pointed out we probably could have if things had gone the right way. But if you look at FCC's chances of winning a championship next year, are much higher now than if they had missed the playoffs this year, but it avoided the wooden spoon. I think I think it's fair to look at it as a, a growth or a building up to a championship, or at least the probability thereof is higher in the next couple of years on the back of this season, the results of this season, than the previous three years. <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, I, I'm looking at it as, as a broader, bigger picture. Albright had, I think, maybe one, two misses on guys he brought in, and even those are debatable. Um, and you just have to wonder where this team could be if he has that you know success rate with 10 new signings next year, um, something like that. It's yeah, so hard it's, not to get excited. So so no, you're. Are you, am I excited for next year? I am, 100%. I am. I am incredibly excited that we will start next year with Miazga, with Obi, with Vasquez. Um, Probably. We'll see on. We'll see on. <laughs> well, maybe we'll see. But no, that there are, there are good building blocks in place, and he. We now know that Chris Albright knows how to build a roster, and he knows how to identify talent for the most part, and he knows yeah. how to get talent in at numbers that work on an MLS budget. And that's, that's all incredibly exciting for next year. But I don't believe in next year, ever. There is no such thing as next year. There is this year. This is the only year. Next year may be great, too. But I've been through down this road before where next year is terrible. Um, lots of sports teams I follow, next year just never materializes for one reason or another. So, like, I can never unknow that you're – throwing things back in the, you know, the roulette wheel for next year and taking a spin. There'll be other teams that'll be better. Um, there's other teams that'll improve. Um, you never know. Like this team stayed phenomenally healthy this year. Um, yeah. They did not lose a lot of their significant pieces to injury this year, which is, is rare. Um, so yeah, like I, I, it's been a tough, it was tough for me after this game, just for that reason is that, I'm objectively happy with how the year went and like incredibly disappointed that it didn't end better. And that's been tough to deal with in terms of, you know, just me personally as a fan. But like when you detach yourself from being a fan and you just look at how this team is being built, the people in charge, the coaching staff in charge, you know, they're good people making the decisions. They're smart people making the decisions. And even if you lose a Kenny arena to someplace else to be a head coach, or if, you know, Brenner decides he wants to cash out and go overseas to Europe now, and they have to sell him. Well, now I feel a lot better seeing what Chris Albright did this year, buying pieces, that I feel confident that he's not going to bring in 
you know, a Kamahilo Makocho or, you know, <laughs> a Sim Diong or whoever the hell is like any of the bums that Gerard brought over. So, yeah, I'm confident, but, you know, I'm not going to watch any of these MLS Cup playoff games because it, A, MLS sucks, and B, I, I will not be able to shake the notion in my head that that could, that, that could have been us. And that's such yeah. a wild thing to say from where we were talking about this team after that 5-0 defeat to Austin after week one. Yeah, yeah. yeah if, there's, if there's nothing that people should know about this podcast except for one thing, it's, I don't know, maybe, maybe Kev's a little different, but it's that we are not, we are not MLS fans. We are not going <laughs> to, like, I personally am not, like, interested in having, like, fans of other teams on this podcast all the time nope. to like make friends yeah. with them. I'm not going to go watch like MLS, the MLS conference finals or MLS cup, just because I want to see like the quote unquote good players or anything. Nope. I am a fan of FC Cincinnati. So the MLS season is over for me. Right. Not, I would I've have liked this- for the season to be longer, but it's over. I- I've said this before, <laughs> I think on the podcast, but it, it's like, I, so I am a big believer in the Tom Brady theory of playoffs. And I was this way before Tom ever signed with the Buccaneers. And that's that if the team I root for cannot win a championship, then the outcome I prefer for the rest of the playoffs is the outcome that makes the most amount of other people unhappy. So like if I'm unhappy, <laughs> I don't want to see joy for other people. I want other people to share my misery. So in football for all those years, if the, the Buccaneers weren't going to win a title, I wanted Tom Brady to win it because that would annoy everyone and everyone would be upset about that. So <laughs> this year this. <laughs> for MLS, the, uh, the, uh, the Tom Brady of MLS, the Patriots of MLS is clearly NYCFC. Yes. Everyone is bothered. Everyone is bothered that they win. Yes. Everyone is bothered. That, and, and me included. I hate them. Yes. I hate their yes. fucking baseball field. I hate their stupid fucking corporate awful Middle Eastern blood money backing on them. I hate everything about them. And it is for that reason that I am rooting for them to win MLS Cup so that everyone in MLS will be equally unhappy that NYCFC and their joke of a field, their joke of an ownership group, and their just who gives a shit culture that surrounds this team, that they are the flag bearers from MLS once again. It will bring me such great joy to see them hoist another postage stamp sized banner in Yankee Stadium to commemorate the back to back MLS Cups. So, <laughs> I, as far I, as I'm concerned, so, we are now an NYCFC podcast when it comes to who we want to win MLS Cup. So, I kind of agree with you, okay, but with with a little bit of a uh, little bit of a tweak. Um, I found the the Philly fans so obnoxious. Just yes. so obnoxious that night. Like they were saying, like, oh, you know, you guys think you're you guys think you're good now. You have three spoons, blah, 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 blah. Two. Two, right. But also, Philly didn't win a playoff game in their first decade of existence. Yes. Okay. And I don't give a shit about a spoon. You either make the playoffs or you don't make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs eight of their first nine years. Didn't win a playoff game till year 10. Okay. So first of all, shut up. Okay. That said, I do want, um, 
I do want Philly to win MLS Cup. No. Yes, I'll tell you no. why. No. Because then Jim then Jim Curtin quits. <laughs> and then right. they get to just suck again. Because like, okay, because if you I'm I don't think I think that that organization is on the verge of falling apart. Oh yeah. How and, how, and how and can I, you root for Jim Curtin? He looks like a shitty youth pastor. I want like, I him, couldn't get over what a what a what a tool that guy looked like on the sidelines. I want him to I want him Careful, to leave. That's our future president of soccer right. operations. You're <laughs> that's, talking that's about potentially yes. Um, <laughs> I want him. I want him to leave. Go like coach the national team. Go coach Hammerby. Go coach. You know, yes. Slovan Bratislava Leans. or something. Fulfill your Europe. Go be Jesse Marsh's assistant. Sheffield Wednesday. Um, oh yeah. I I want him I want him to go because as you know you can say what you want about Ernst Tanner but that organization doesn't spend and I do think that I think that Albright feels based on how he has done in interviews that that Tanner gets a little too much credit yeah for, I picked for, up on that for as Philly's, well. For Philly's success, okay? And, you know, the fact that Jim Curtin was willing to leave and had to be blocked by Tanner tells me that, you know, everyone might not be so happy in the, yeah. in the front office yeah. there. And I think ownership is backing Tanner because he doesn't, he doesn't make them spend any money. And yeah. I do, and I think that when Jim Curtin's gone, it's going to be some rough years for Philly, and I will enjoy those. But if Philly doesn't win, I want it to be NYCFC because if Austin wins, everyone's going to be so insufferable about what a good story it is. And then um, yeah, no. if LAFC wins, everyone's going to talk about you know how how special of a team they are and how good of soccer they play when LAFC like, you know, would, that wouldn't be a bad consolation prize just because it's LA and everybody hates LA and they're out of sight out of mind they're in the west I don't have to care about them I don't have to hear about them they're you know they'll there'll be some shots of Will Ferrell that'll piss everybody off on the sidelines where he pretends like he gives a <laughs> shit about soccer like that's fine all I want is I want MLS fans and fans around the league to be miserable and NYCFC <laughs> will make them miserable. LAFC will make them slightly less miserable. I don't want Philly to be rewarded for anything. I hated you know that what? Eagles. I hated that Eagles team that won the Super Bowl. That stupid Philly Philly play. I hate the fact that Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. That bothers me. The entire town <laughs> is like a, a locker room. It smells terrible. All the people that live there are human scum. No, not no to Philly. You know, you know what? I do. They threw I batteries do think, at Santa. They threw batteries at Santa. Okay, so I think that a virtue, <laughs> a virtue of NYCFC or LAFC winning, is that the league kind of has to, like a lot of like the most embarrassing things about the league are on display if either of those team win. If either of those teams wins. So it's kind of like in like the last season of Euphoria when Lexi wrote a play that was like about all of her friends. They had to just like watch themselves and all the ways that they've like debased themselves and embarrassed themselves and acted poorly just play out on stage. 
Um, I've heard this is like a dad podcast, so I'm going to try to throw in a couple of euphoria uh, metaphors in here um, to appeal to the young crowd. I think that would be kind of like that, right? Like you got the you got the team that's a subsidiary of of this like evil empire that nevertheless like doesn't really invest in the league in any way to the point where they play in the, they play in the outfield. And then yes. another team you got, um, you know, they're just, they're in LA. So they just get to just kind of skirt around all the rules and do whatever they want because all these retired superstars want to, want to go to Malibu beach and take Instagram pictures. I mean, that would yeah. be the honest, like best outcome for, peak MLS Twitter is an LAFC NYCFC matchup where you have to confront the fact that LAFC is clearly breaking every salary cap rule that MLS has <laughs> and NYCFC is playing games on a non-regulation soccer field because MLS is desperate to have um, the money from city football group involved. Maybe we get to yep. that conspiracy theory talk about them buying players at a higher value to try and reset the market rate for MLS players going abroad. Like this is just, this is enabling the worst actors in MLS to, to win. And it would be, it would be fun if the spotlight just shone a little bit on some of the uncomfortable truths that keep both these teams running. So that would also make me happy a lot. Yeah, so it, it is like yeah. people were going into the playoffs thinking like, oh, this is going to be a lot of the MLS like journalists and stuff were like, oh, this is going to be so exciting to watch. These are great playoff matchups. And so they were kind of like Cassie and Euphoria when she thought that uh, Nate was going to date her. Um, but in NYCFC, LAFC these finally... Really for- these are really forced. Yeah, hold on. But... Uh, <laughs> But the uh, NYCFC LAFC final would be when like Cassie was hiding in the bathtub and this guy came in and just took a shit right in front of her. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's it's a power move, if nothing else. Yeah. (laughs) It it reminds me of a different tangent and I'll get on, which is how the salary cap helps big market teams. It doesn't help those small market teams, but that's, that's a conversation for a different day. Um, just to keep this part one was supposed to be on, I guess, in some way, shape or form, the Philly game. I think we've all said that this is a team that could have won MLS Cup. The The stage was set. Nobody was absolutely terrifying for this SEC team. So what went wrong, Chief? Why didn't we win this game? The offense just didn't show up. And that if yeah. there was... If there was a, and specifically, I think this was not one of Lucho Acosta's best games. And if there's yeah. a, if there's an Achilles heel with FC Cincinnati that needs to be fixed in the offseason, is they really don't have a plan B if Acosta's not on it. And so yeah. it seems like it was Philly's game plan to frustrate Acosta. And that combined with him not being you know, his typical A-game Acosta self meant the team really didn't have a lot of ideas for how to create and how to do something that changed the status quo of the game. And the other thing, too, that was tough about this game, and it's just there's no solution to it. It's going to have to be fixed in the offseason. And that's that when, when Noonan looks down at his bench and yeah. we have to change how this game is going, he has a shitload of strikers on his bench. He's got Baji. 
He's got Santos. He didn't have in this game because of whatever, but Yuya Kubo is a striker. Like he's a forward. Yeah. Um, and what he doesn't have a lot of is options to bring on in the midfield to do something a little different, to play a little differently. Or if Philly's going to sit back and protect a one goal lead, there's no one he can bring on that, you know, maybe gives him more possession options or more passing options. And so in this game, what went wrong? As, as far as my untrained eye goes, is that they shut down the one thing we're good at. To be fair, we're very good at it. And there just wasn't a plan B that, that Noonan had that he could turn to. And when you talk about, like, why is there reason to be excited about this team next year, it's that, you know, maybe this offseason getting rid of guys like Cruz and Kubo and some of these bigger salaries will free them to go find people that can be useful in the midfield and offer just like, you know, put another club in the bag for when they find themselves in situations like this. But of all the outcomes that I thought of for how this game was going to go, being shut out was something I just never considered because like I said, that just it doesn't happen to this team a lot. And yeah. so, you know, you got to score to win and they didn't score any and you're not going to win a lot of games nil nil, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Grayson, same question to you, but I, I do want to point out chief to your point. Uh, not a single midfielder was on the bench for, for this Philly game, unless you want to, yeah, I don't know, remind yourself of the glory days of Jeff Cameron as a defensive midfielder. There was no midfielder, uh, on the bench, which yeah, just yikes. And yes, we were missing Kubo, but that's one, <laughs> that's the one guy. And he's, he's not uh, really but, a midfielder. He's, he's a converted right, midfielder. Right. He's not but that good Grayson, at in your view, how why why didn't we win this game? Um, so I think sometimes you you go into things with like the right plan, you know. And I think that they did go into the game with the right plan. They clearly played Philly the right way. Um, it's just like in uh, Euphoria. I knew it was coming. Oh my god! When Fesco when Fesco had the plan to get them out of the, I don't know who any of these people to get, are to get them out of the murder charges but uh you know Ashtray you know kind of panicked and and acted you know fell fell toward his kind of you know trauma induced based violent sure, yeah. instincts and I think in the same way like kind of all of our fatal flaws were on display this game you had Haglund and Miazga getting yellow cards in the first half both in like very kind of typical ways. And I do think that affects the rest of the game. Um, you had yeah. uh, the team unable to score and really generate chances when Lucho wasn't clicking. Um, Brenner was invisible because Lucho was also having like not a great game. And I think Brenner is for all of his talents um, is most effective when he when Lucho is, is, is playing well and they, they play off really well um, yeah. off of each other. Um, over-reliance on, on uh, Obi uh, showing in, in, you know, he had some bad giveaways late in the game. You know, he could have been very well, could have been, you know, gassed. I mean, I thought he didn't necessarily have his best game. Um, and then lack of, lack of depth. Um, yeah. You know, like we have already we've already mentioned it, not having a single midfielder on the bench, um, turning to subs like Baji and Santos, who while they've had you know quite quasi moments, 
this season. Um, neither of them has scored. And I still think we only had one bench goal the entire season. And, um, you know, and, and one of the reasons we were so thin is we were still carrying some of those bad Gerard Nightcamp deals. Like, who were some midfielders you could have brought in? Oh, Alan Cruz, right? Take, making a making a million dollars, uh, not see not deemed fit to to even sit the bench in either of the playoff games. Tyler Blackett, some defensive substitution who you know has shown a little bit of ability to like kind of play those long balls they would have needed late in the game. Um, also somebody who was not good enough to see the field the entire second half of the season. So he, I think uh, that wasn't on the bench for either playoff game either. Right. I don't think he's been on the bench for for nearly any games since RSL <laughs> at least is when I noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. Picking, so picking up his options still remains one of the more puzzling things that Albright did this this summer. I I would be very curious were, to fly on desperate. the wall for that. I get it, but like there's desperate and there's picking up a guy's option for eight hundred thousand clams that can't even make the bench for your team in important matches. That's I don't know. That was it's it's interesting to me. But I Especially again I just think we had yeah. all of that stuff on display. Like everything yeah. you would have you would have pinpointed at some point during the season as, you know, this is a really good team, but it was all present invisible in the Philly game. And that said, they still only lost one to nothing. They had some chances that Andre Blake had to come, come away with some big saves. And uh, the goal Philly scored was just one of those like MLS chaos goals. Yeah. 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 There's not much you can do there. Yeah. I'm, I'm also convinced that Lucha did actually get hurt on that play. His knee went really awkward and while fcc looked good early we never looked good after that and maybe he was carrying something into this game but i i remain convinced that he he did tweak his knee in that moment and uh i wouldn't be surprised to hear later this offseason if he isn't having some work done or something on it because he was just not running the way that he normally does he was not chasing after balls and this is like you know intense nil nil playoff soccer like this is the the one time you would go all out and he wasn't yeah. can, um, I, can i also yeah, just give a yeah. just a fuck you to mls to a certain extent yeah. like this game didn't all need out. to be played on a thursday okay like yes. you already have a massive advantage for the number one seed getting the bye week in the playoffs under the for current yes. format at least give the team that's playing them a full week off like, at least yes. give FC Cincinnati, if they played Saturday at noon, kick this game off on Saturday night. Or, you know, fuck, you'll play games on Mondays against Monday Night Football. Kick this game off on Monday. Give the team a week to recover. But this idea that you're already giving the number one seed, who's already at a massive advantage playing with rest, and you're putting the other team that's playing them on short rest, that's bullshit. So, yeah. I, it's, and look, I get it's, it's, you know, it's the perk of being the number one seed. But I, I refuse to believe that the competitive advantage to being the number one seed in a single elimination playoff should be that big. And there were dead legs at the end of that game. Obi, I mean, he had a couple bad giveaways at the end of that game where it was like, yeah, he's gassed. He played 
I think the entire game against New York, and he's turning around on a couple of days rest and playing this entire game on the road in Philly. So you had two travels um, and two matches in the span of what four days, five days. It's fucking nonsense. Like that's just something. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a poverty league option, and it's just it's is it an excuse? Yeah, but it makes me fucking mad because there was no reason for it. Yeah, I go along with that. I mean, what uh, Major League Baseball during the regular season was giving uh like ghost runners in in extra innings just give the the number one seed a one goal advantage and just like make them come back from that like is that feels similar you know like it's just it's ridiculous i i'll completely co-sign that um yeah i don't know i don't know if there's anything else to talk about on this one um I don't know. Is there anything that didn't get touched on that it should have? The only thing I could think of was uh, I was getting Danny Koenig flashbacks of Yuya Kubo missing these playoffs and Koenig missing the USL playoffs, and that was that was unfortunate. I just wanted to point that a, one out. At a one nil game, it's just a it, the hard part is is it's it's soccer and they got the bounce that caused the chaos that scored their goal. We never got that bounce. I think there was at least one cross that got radioed right across the front and there was no one there for it. And it's, they found a toe yep. with what they were doing. We found nothing. And that's just, it's a frustrating thing to accept when you follow this sport, but it's just occasionally the reality of following this sport is that at some point, <laughs> if you don't get the lucky bounce, or you don't get the good bounce. Sometimes you lose a game like that where it's otherwise pretty evenly matched. And, uh, and yeah, it's it's hard to analyze the game too because it's like shit. They played well. They probably deserve better than what they got out of it. But Philly's the number one seed for a reason, and they were real good all year. And that little bit of extra quality is probably what makes the difference in a game like this. It's you know quality finds its way to lucky situations. And yep. yeah, I. If I was Pat Noonan, I'd be furious just because it's like, yeah. shit, like you were so fucking close, so close to, to knocking off your old boss, knocking off your old team. Um, that but been... it was Philly that won. Doesn't that make him happy? I just, isn't that just the nonstop love fest that we get between our, our former Philly guys in Philadelphia, the, oh, isn't it cool being back here? Oh, isn't it cool playing them again? Oh, isn't it cool? It's just, it was way too happy. It's All the storylines are way too happy. Um, yeah, this is a, a, a thing that we've pointed out a hundred times. Rela- but like- we're not going to relate that back to Euphoria. There's not like some storyline about some, there's an ashtray. So I'm assuming there's kind of like what, like Roach, some guy named Roach <laughs> who was dating, you know, I don't know, Brat or Brat stall, like a Brat stall of some sort. And that he walks in on her like changing and then all of a sudden he realizes he wants to go back to Philly. There's not some fucking new sort of storyline about this. Uh, I'd imagine Curtin feels like Rue when, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. He probably feels like Rue when Jules and, uh, that guy started being really chummy, chummy, chummy with each other, you know, just kind of jealous that Noonan and, um, uh, Albright or, you know, having fun hanging out in the east side of Cincinnati and, you know, <laughs> we got a bright future together and he's 
back there just wearing an outfit that he walked in the store and pointed at a mannequin and said, yeah, I'll just take all that. <laughs> is there is there anyone on this show named River? Because it feels like there should be a river on this show. I don't I don't think so. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. Somebody somebody will somebody will correct us. Right. Some the, <laughs> the the Venn diagram of people who listen to the postcast and major Euphoria fans are two circles in different fucking states. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I bet I bet Abby watches Euphoria. The fastest Abby, way good? to learn something is to <laughs> confidently state it incorrectly on the internet. So that is a good way to learn. Um, let's wrap it up. Let's let's get out of uh, part one. Part two, uh, apparently your two least favorite parts of this, we're going to try to be a little positive about next year and, and talk about who may not be here. Um, and then, we're going to be uh, positive by telling other people they won't be here. I love the, the juxtaposition of that. Get the hell out of here. Uh, then part three, we've got your questions and uh, a KLR uh, in memorial. Uh, so we'll, we'll listen to that. Oh, we're back, part two, and we're oh, yeah, shipping people about this out. Music, like the music is. Yes, it's just a downer. It, it, like the music we have is like, who did this music? Uh, you can thank Das Harks for the original music. What? But he he listens to like he listens to Cookie Monster metal, and he gave us like this music to slit your wrist by. Like, what the fuck is this? Hey, man, I can't make music. He made music. I am just using what I got here. Schwein, <laughs> if you're listening to this, get your boys with Jim Trace. We need some audio tracks, something unused from the studio, for the love of God. That would actually be lovely. Um, let's ship some people out. Who? I, the the I guess part two here. We're we're looking at who we don't expect to be here next year. Uh, from this FC Cincinnati squad. Should we start and, um, with Alan Cruz? Because Alan Cruz has already said goodbye. Yes, like the worst kept fair. the worst kept secret in Cincinnati sports. Alan Cruz will not be returning to this team next year. Yeah, I think that was uh I think that was fairly safe to assume even although, before this year started. Although how funny would have been, would it have been if out of nowhere that Pat Noonan or Chris Albright says, and obviously Alan Cruz will be back. He's one of our foundational core players who've been with us since day one. <laughs> oh, and she's no. like, wait, what? <laughs> it's a bit like starting Corbin Bone against uh, the Seattle Sounders. That's what that move would be. would be <laughs> like. Um, I'm going to run. Yes, Alan Cruz is gone uh, in the least surprising move of all time. I'm going to run down this list as it appears on uh fought mob and i'm just gonna list names and i feel like we can just go ahead and say confidently or not so confidently whether or not this this person will still be with fcc next year and I, i'm gonna start off with a controversial one pat noonan i think it's very obvious he'll be here next year but is there any chance he leaves i mean not unless he gets called uh, to answer for where his whereabouts on january 6 2021 are <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, think we have an inkling to his uh, politics, but it feels like every U.S. men's national teamer is a hard right winger. So everybody's so everybody's everybody's got you know whatever, but I don't think there's any chance that that they let him out of his contract. So yeah. 
I mean, that's fair. You know, maybe the, the national team could come calling. You know, you can dream of types of crazy scenarios, but no. Pat Newman's yeah, yeah. coaching this team next year. Yeah. Thankfully. Uh, Kenneth Vermeer is still technically an FC Cincinnati player. Is his contract up? Is he finally gone after this year? I think this was his last year for his contract. I'm sure someone, yeah, his in terms of being off. wrong on the internet, someone will correct us if we're wrong on that. But it's been, no, it's been really, really nice knowing you, Kenneth. But R.I.P. Kenneth Vermeer. Please. <laughs> you, th- there will be a car waiting for you outside. Don't call us. We'll call you. We'll call you. Now, you know what I liked? What about oh, this? Sorry. Please. Do you think there's any chance that like Vermeer becomes, you know, a academy goalkeeping coach or something. I do, but not with us. I think okay. he finds a, a gig in LA in and if yeah. not LA, like Orange County. Like I think he wants to go to LA specifically. Right. Yeah, there, there, that makes sense. There, there's been no reporting or yeah. no rumors that Kenneth Vermeer has fallen in love with the city of Cincinnati. I haven't seen like, <laughs> I haven't seen social media posts with him talking about how much he enjoys Geta. Or like, yeah. you know, him <laughs> betting 20 bucks on the Mr. Reds race this summer because he's had a lot of free time not playing soccer. I, I don't know if he's maybe best friends with uh, Vanderwerf, who apparently did fall in love with Cincinnati and has stuck around. What I liked about the Kenneth Vermeer signing, though, was that it was Nykamp's really shitty way of trying to do a clever MLS move, which is you get an MLS veteran keeper on a really cheap deal. So you got... Kenneth Vermeer having been waived by LAFC and he had I think won a supporters shield with LAFC and he was gonna be available super cheap and he was just god awful just unbelievably bad so uh better luck next time uh Jared Nykamp uh Alec Khan do we think Alec Khan's gonna stick around I think yes yeah I mean I would certainly say that he's I think he's under contract so yeah, they I, and we can talk about this thing in another episode. But I think like, I would protect him in the expansion draft because I do think he probably has trade value. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say he is traded to somewhere he can be a starter. That would be interesting. Would he take a starting job in USL at this point in his career? No. No, uh, I don't think so. You know, I think he would. I think he. I think he's he's MLS, and I think I think that we can. He's a guy where it's like if you're looking to try and extract a quick bit of gam out of, he might even be someone you deal to be a backup someplace else, just with the idea that you can get a little bit of gam and find someone to be your backup that you're confident in. Since Celentano seems to be young, healthy, all that sort yeah. of stuff. Uh, speaking of young and not healthy. <sighs> Beckham Sunderland I'm only I assume he'll be here forever but like the dude's been on the concussion protocol list for like two years at what point do you just stop it just am I the only one where it's like this felt really nepotism-y from jump and until it's proven otherwise I'm I mean I I hope he's okay I hope his, his brain is right you know we don't need another Tua situation anywhere but like People have sworn he's good, but I can't unknow the fact that he was the coach's kid and that he's on the payroll now. So I'm gonna need I would I would need to see something from him before I would ever consider thinking, yeah, let's keep him around. Did he ever get into MLS Next Pro? Maybe one or two games. Yeah, I think he I think he played I think he played a few games there. 
Okay. Because I know Khan was oh, basically actually, their starter. No, I, I think I think Beckham played played a couple of okay. games in MLS okay. too. Well, we had the worst MLS Next Pro team by far in the league. So not a great, not a great sign. Um, and uh, Roman Solentano will be here for the rest of his life, uh, adult life. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jeff Cameron. This is an interesting one. I think before yeah. the year, I I was on, I was on this early. I think you bring him yeah. back. I think that you, if you can make the dollars work to bring him back, I think, I think he played incredible, incredible football down the stretch with Miazga next to him. Uh, veteran presence um, of all the MLS cities he might want to live in. This probably is the one that aligns closest to him politically. <laughs> um, uh, it's us or, or no, Kansas just, City, be, maybe. <laughs> right. No, I, I, I think he looked a little washed at the start of yeah. this year. And for whatever reason, the pairing of him and Miazga with Woboto on the field, it looked really good. I mean, the defense, the back line looked really good. I'm not saying break the bank to keep him, And I have no idea if he wants to keep playing. He's made a shitload of money. He's getting up there in years, but if you can make a deal work with Jeff Cameron, I am entirely in favor of bringing Jeff Cameron back for. Another yeah. Year. I mean, I'm in favor of bringing him back. Um, if, if Albright thinks he's healthier, has value, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say you can't bring him back on his current, on his current salary. Um, but no, I agree. do I think he's going to be back? I, I don't. You know, I think mm. I, I don't want to. I don't want to speculate about people. I just, I just about people. You know, whether he's going to retire or not. But their motivations. Yeah. Yeah. I just he he was. He was he was really beat up this season. I mean, he played he had he had a lot of really good games, but he took some he took some yeah. knocks, and I given, I just I just don't know. Yeah, given what I assume Noonan is going to try to do, and Albright is, I think they do want to play with a back four going forward. And given that Miazga is in all likelihood your your nailed on starter on that back line in a back four, uh, Cameron would absolutely just be depth. So I don't know if that's even something he would want as well. Like, do you want to be a sub NFCC or maybe Houston gives you starter money? I don't know. So some something like that to keep in mind. Raymond Gaddis is on contract for next year. But Grayson, you've been on this for a while. Do we force him to retire? I'd do buy we him make out. it a hostile workplace. I, it's and- a it's a it's a it's a cheap buyout. Um I Yeah. You know, I thanks for coming back, Ray. Ooh. You've been a great you've been, you've been a great locker room guy. Here's a little bit of a retirement package, right? So you think we could do the one time buyout on Ray Gaddis? Yeah, I would. Damn. Unless he's gonna willing re- willingly retire, but I think it's like why willingly retire when you can just so get paid when- quarter of a mil to retire. So if with the one-time buyout, is it a thing in MLS for teams that aren't intending to use the one-time buyout to trade and acquire a bad contract from someone else yes. so that they can buy that contract That happened out? earlier oh, yes. this year. Toronto traded. You can't trade away your one-time buyout, but you can more or less get that player to buy them out for the other team. Yeah. Like, to me, th- this... 
This is the first year in a while where I look at the roster and I don't see an ironclad lockdown like get rid of this guy. It's a terrible deal. Like it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, would you like to lose Gaddis and get $250,000 off the books? Maybe. But do you like that more than possibly making some gam to buy out someone else's bad contract? It just seems like if you can do that, like Albright seems like he is constantly looking for that edge to try and find more fun money in MLS. And Does DC have a really bad contract? I was thinking we could get the number one overall. Oh, no, it'd be the number two overall pick. I was just thinking how valuable a Generation Adidas deal is if we couldn't get something like that. But um, I like that thought, though. Uh, I'm going to group all of these guys together, all of these two of them. Pal and Matarita are starting outside backs. Do we think they both come back for next year? Pal, I believe, has an option. Matarita, I I think, has an option. They both have options. Yeah, I I think Pal is a better odds than yeah, Matarita. I agree. Yeah. So yeah. I think Matarita seems like a nice player. I'm I'm happy that he got himself right for the end of this year. But to me, I think that you look Do elsewhere. Do you decline with his what option making or and pick up the option and trade him? Decline. Right. Because if you pick up his option I think there's too many questions. If you pick up his option, you have to hope he has trade value. And I think he has, you know, maybe some but um, I think it's I think it's fair to the player um, to decline the option and let him because he'll be a free agent if we decline his option. You know, let him mm. let him try to get the best deal they, he can. They, when do they have to announce the options by? I think know. it's November fourteenth. So it's before the World Cup, which is another concern that you might have with some of these players, that if you're picking the option up and they go over to Qatar and they blow a tire, then all of a sudden you're on the hook for someone that you picked the option up on and they're in recovery mode and God knows when you're going to have them back. Matarita, so I would be... Th- he's an interesting one for that World Cup squad. Um, he obviously had not been included in the last few rounds of, uh, of friendlies. Um, and I will say, and I, I treat this as gospel, He's not in the Panini sticker book for the Costa Rican national team. So it's a, it's a bad look. Uh, uh, Tyler Blackett, I think it's safe to assume he has already gone and has maybe not been in the U.S. for the last two months. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hagland, I think he he's has under, a contract. He's under contract. Yeah, he has so a contract next season. He's on a, like a senior minimum yeah. deal. Keep him around. Arguably the best value contract FC Cincinnati has. It's not a training camp right holdout now. candidate right here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alvaro Barial under contract. That is good. John Nelson. It would it would not surprise Ooh. me to see Barial move this. I offseason. could see that. I could see them. He had an interesting yeah. quote to uh, I forget to it was to a Laurel or to Pat where. It was something to the effect of that, like, not a fan of his current role on the team. Like, it was, it was a lot more diplomatically yeah. stated, but he's a winger. He's not a, he's not a back. He doesn't want to play. He, he does not want to play the role he's playing currently. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's some conversation about moving yeah. on or 
if he has some conversation about wanting to move on and play someplace where he can play his preferred. I position. think he has value. Yeah. I think he you could probably sell him yeah. at a you could sell him at, you could sell him too. at a profit, I think, or get a big gam haul within the league. Um yeah. but you know, that notwithstanding, I mean he's under contract. I don't see any reason to go out of your way to move him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not at all. Like, I think that the role he fills on this team is is exceptionally important. He played very well in spurts this year. It's just like if you're asking, is he going to be around? He is probably top of my list with Brenner of players that might I could see. And I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that they tried to force him move out or tried to force sounds like they're they're malcontents. <laughs> and I don't think either one of them are. I just think that they would probably in Barial's case, just if you read between the lines a little bit, it wouldn't shock me if he was interested in playing someplace that played him more to his strengths, yeah. I think. He was a well-regarded uh, Argentinian youth prospect as well. Uh, I think had a few caps for Argentina's youth national team. So good pedigree. Uh, probably has a market back in Argentina. John Nelson? I mean, I pick I'd him keep up. him. He was fine. Yeah. I, I pick him up. Yeah. Uh, he's on like the supplemental roster or whatever. Yeah. 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 It's totally fine. And that was, he's one of those guys too, where it's like, what, what was the difference between this year and last year is that there's lots of guys where they come in and they don't embarrass you when they play. And John, John Nelson does not embarrass you when he comes in and has to give minutes. And he was a moderator's replacement for the first part of the year until Barial, I guess, figured out left back for a while there. Good, good defensive Uh, defensive player. Oh yeah. Zico Bailey. I don't think so. Adios. See ya. It's good knowing you. Calvin Harris. He's under contract. So we're in the last generation year Adidas of too. the GA, yeah. But I think I think he gets traded. <laughs> I forgot about I forgot about I forgot about him. Yeah, he's another guy where I I would if the agitation to force a move hasn't started. Yeah. Boy, if looks could kill in that one game. I mean, <laughs> holy shit. He might be one that like St. Louis picks up in the expansion draft. I don't know. Just because you get a free year and he's fine, probably. Well, he's, he, you know, is capable of, yeah. of contributing here and there. I mean, he, uh, he might be I a good player. I just realized Mob lists him as a uh, defender. <laughs> I, just, I read his name here. So, <laughs> yeah, even, even they don't, even they don't know. <laughs> uh, and Ian Murphy, I mean, yeah. I'd be working on a long-term deal with him. Yeah, pick him uh, up. That was, that was a good year. Uh, Yuya Kubo, a lot of people want him to come back on a cheaper deal. I think I'd be open to that, it's but I think it's time to go. It's just it's time for a it's time for a change of scenery there. He, I think he got done dirty a little bit by the circumstances that he came in on, oh, yeah. and then what he was asked to do. Um, he seems like a nice guy and a good teammate, but that money can be spent a lot of better ways. And I think the amount of a pay cut you need him to take in order to justify his role on the team going forward, I just don't see someone like him taking that kind of a pay cut. So the thing with Kubo, right, is yes, I would, I would, I would love to have him back on a cheaper deal. Um, but if I'm him, I'm thinking if I, at my age, if I take a pay cut now, I'm unlikely to get my salary back up. Yeah, but I no, could go, go back to, up at this point. I could go to you know Belgium or Switzerland or somewhere where I've where I've had some success, um, make make decent money, and still have a chance of you know having a 
good back at back half of the of my career so yeah man crazy to think he had like 10 national team caps as well and we just fucking murdered that for him uh sorry buddy uh junior moreno uh grayson i believe you flagged this one uh reports out of venezuela we're working on a long-term deal with him so that was a weird tweet because they said you know they're negotiating to pick up his option but yeah. I think that that's like, well, first of all, it could easily just be, just be some <laughs> account from Venezuela trying to get some 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 traffic. But like, if they were going to pick up his option, they would just pick it up, right? Right. There'd be no need to negotiate with him. The only reason you would negotiate with him is if you're trying to get him back on a cheaper deal, or I suppose if you wanted to. Even if you negotiate a longer term deal, I can't imagine they want him on a more expensive contract than he's on. Yeah, I do think think he's back. I think he'd say, like, hey, take a pay cut, but we'll give you two or three guaranteed years. And you you weigh those options for yourself. Yeah, right. Um, But he's going to come back, right? I think that's fair to assume. Yeah. Yeah. I think the assumption is he'll be depth going forward, uh, or at least in competition for a starting job. Uh, But I, yeah, he'll come back. Luciano Acosta, I think he's ours until his knees and and wheels fall off um, at this point in his career. Alan Cruz is already gone. And even, even when that, even when that happens, he's probably still one of the best options we have in the midfield. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Alan Cruz is gone. Woboto is here again for the end of his playing years. Uh, and Harrison Robleto, least we forget, is Ooh. a player on this team. Uh, homegrown guy that we signed. I believe he was somehow attached to the NYCFC Academy at one point. We had to pay like 50,000 gam to sign him to a homegrown deal. Uh, he did not show up outside of like two games, um, which was weird because he's sort of a hyped youth prospect in MLS. Um, so he'll be back. So that's fun. With the with the lack of depth we had this year, anyone that couldn't see the field at least a little you do bit. Wonder. Um, I have a lot. I have a lot of questions about like a lot of questions. I wonder if there isn't some underlying like uh, major league baseball rule, which is like uh, if he gets. 200 minutes is you know your arbitration clock starts running on him you know or it's like you know you you vest in the pension system for mlspa or something like that we can't have i think rubledo plays a tough position for a young player like i think i think defensive midfield central midfield is a a, i think a tough position for a young player and he's on a homegrown deal i mean He's not he's not taking up any cap space. He's fitting a roster spot that only homegrowns can take up. So yeah, I think I think I think Robledo is back on the roster next year. Oh, for sure. I just can't get over the fact that his last name sounds like a show that probably ran on Toonami in like the late nineties. Robledo. <laughs> it's a robot cowboy. Um Right. It's like it's a it's some it's a robot cowboy that also transforms into a starfighter and like they save humanity somehow. Absolutely. While also understanding the power of love. Uh, we're on to attackers, and this is where things get interesting. Sergio Santos, is he back next year? 
I think so. Uh, I think. What's the? We have to. We have to pay a lot of gam to keep him next year, don't we? Like, there's a, a trigger that, like, his va- his price what, that we pay goes up. If we I keep think him next that year. they already know what he's willing to come back for, and it's acceptable to them. And I think they have already baked in whatever gam they're paying for him. Yeah, his salary will be low, but his acquisition cost will have been high over these two years. Right. Um. Uh, I don't I don't hate what he gives to the yeah. team because um, he really has a skill set no one else has. And I don't hate bringing him back. I just my only concern would be I, I don't know what that number is that the gam goes up by that Philly receives for getting him. Um, if at a certain point, it doesn't it doesn't make if sense. I but. remember correctly. We paid three hundred thousand this year and next year it goes it goes up or there's an additional, I forget the exact words wording, but it's like 600,000 gam. So like I think total it's either in total. Okay. I thought it was on top of, and it was a million dollar acquisition. I don't think it's a million dollar acquisition. I, and oh, cause like if it's that, Jordy it's not, Mihailovic it's that, it's was a million dollar acquisition right. a few and years ago. I also don't think, <laughs> I, I also don't think that I, I, I don't want to think about the transaction as like on a, a one-off thing because, you know, we have other players we got who are good with no acquisition costs. And, you know, if it all right. fits into the Excel spreadsheet that, that Albright's got going, then I think we'll just, we can evaluate whether he's, he, he's used his resources well yeah. when, he has a, when he has a full roster together. Do we think Albright has all of this on one sheet of an MLS like Excel sheet <laughs> or is it like they he's, gotta present he it somewhere a right like what does it look like <laughs> he's he really does strike me as a pen and paper Ooh, guy yeah. that like he has it all written down <laughs> or like a whiteboard whiteboard guy I believe at the mercy for sure at the mercy health training center there's like a conference room and all this is written down and they've got like a running tally of how much gam how much tam how much, you know, whatever other tricky Don fun bucks or how many NFTs they need to say, sell in order to get more of this. If you didn't this. know what you were looking at, you'd assume they were day traders, but it's MLS rosters. Right. <laughs> right. Or they, they, they were like, they were trying to scam people out of crypto money or some <laughs> right. shit like that. Although I, I do hate the, uh, the idea that FCC is at the mercy of uh, an overzealous cleaning crew member wiping the board. <laughs> uh, Dominic Baji. The, oh, the, the other thing about all these strikers, yes. though, is that like there's like it, there's if this is a choose your own adventure book, we're at the spot where it's like turn to page 65 if you're keeping Brenner, <laughs> turn to page 35 if you're not keeping Brenner. Yes. Because a lot of this shit really depends on and then when you get to 35 for not keeping Brenner it's turn to page 88 to sign another DP striker turn to page 20 if you're going to use your DP slot someplace else so it's like all this stuff really is tied into what the fuck is going on with Brenner and if you're not bringing Brenner back then yeah there really isn't a price too high to pay for Santos to bring him back to start the year I Um, I don't think all this I personally don't think what we're talking about is all that contingent on uh, um, whether whether Brenner stays or not, because I think if, the- I think if they sell Brenner, it doesn't mean like spoiler alert. I don't think it means Don Baji gets his option picked up. I think it means they bring in like a DP striker. 
Right. Well, let me ask you this. Do is there a world where they would sell both Vasquez and Brenner, assuming they got offers, you know, that met their valuations? Would they intentionally cripple no. the team in that way? Not in the same you window. Can't, you can't bring enough money back. Yeah, you can't bring enough money back to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Like what you you there isn't if it was a, a situation where, you know, the way MLS values the transfers back, if there was some huge bonus that you got for doing it, it, it may be, but just the, the amount of advantage you get from selling an MLS is most of the advantages to the owner's pocket. It's not to the actual team acquisition. Yeah. There's, I believe there's a certain amount, like say we sell Brenner for $30 million, which is unlikely, but say that amount. Uh, the team, in terms of the budget, is only able to use a million of that after they recoup their acquisition costs. And then the profits, some percent of that is like earmarked to have to be spent on the team. So like Carl can't pocket the entire thing. It's something like 40% of the profit has to be reinvested in the club in a non- roster way so that's like training facilities or or stadium improvements or things like that all right well um, that was that was boring um <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> i'm sorry do you want to relate do you want to relate this to you for you instead <laughs> it's real dad energy i'm sorry i wore a polo tonight jeez um, <laughs> i they're not selling brenner for 30 million dollars i no, i don't even not. think i i don't even think they're going to make their money back if they sell them in the window I mean, you could see no, something 13 million. You could see some you could see like some type of, you know, sell on clause, maybe paying off dividends if he immediately tears it up wherever he were to go. But people are talking about like. I don't want to accuse anybody. Of any, I think it's I think it's I think it's Brenner's agent driven. The idea yeah. that they, that they can make their money back selling him to Europe right now. NYCFC couldn't sell Toddy for 15 million dollars. Georgi Mihailovic is a much better player. Yeah. Well, he's he's done more in MLS. Yeah. Okay. Um Georgi Mihailovic is going to AZ for 6 million. Uh I'm not saying Georgi is better than Brenner. I don't think he is. Do I think Brenner gets more than double the transfer double, fee that, right. <laughs> that a full, you know, US men's national team international who you know has had several good seasons in MLS and was having Montreal humming. Uh, do I think Brenner gets more than double that guy's transfer fee? I don't. I, I might be wrong, yeah. but I, I don't think so. So I, I actually don't, I don't know. I'd be a little surprised if, if we sold Brenner this window, um, I'd be extremely surprised if we sold him at a profit this window. Doesn't his Brazilian team still have a sell-on percent as yes. well? Yes, they do. So even if we like sold him for $15 million, we lose money on that deal. Like We have to sell him for like $20 million or something like that to start making real dollars. Ugh. Anyway, do we think... I mean, I think we've already said Baji's out. Vasquez and Brenner, do we assume they're both coming back then? Is that what we're coming back to? Yeah, I'll say yes. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. I think... I think that if yeah. there were... I think you would... The only team you've heard nibbling at Vasquez is Leeds, and I don't think Jesse Marsh is long for that job. Yeah. Just 
based on history. It won't, it won't be there to, to put in the absurd offer. Um, Brenner strikes me as the guy who could we could sell this summer uh, to Europe. Uh, that makes a lot more sense. And Vasquez might be with us until he gets a national team call up. Um, and I'll leave that vague as to which national team calls him up because one Mexico cap and all of a sudden Liga MX will jump down our throats to sign him. Uh, Archimedes Ordonez tore it up with Guatemala, uh, was on the bench for Philly. I think he comes back. I wouldn't be surprised to see him, see him get some minutes to start next year. That could be fun. I don't, I don't, I don't see it with him. You don't? Like, I know everyone's all hype on this guy. I don't see I'm it. I'm just saying. Like, every time he's played, he's looked, he's looked normal. He's that played. is true. With, with his national team, though, dude's a monster. He scored, like, something like five goals in the last four appearances for them. Like, he's, he's killing it for the senior national team for Guatemala. Uh, cool. Like, I haven't seen it here. <laughs> like, I'm happy, I'm happy he's happy down there. But whatever it is, whenever he's played here, he's just looked like another guy. I mean, just for his name alone. I mean, keep him around. Yeah. <laughs> you, have to, you have to keep him around, A, because he's a homegrown, and B, because, yeah, he's playing for the Guatemalan national team. Just on the odds that he – he does it here, but so far it's like the disconnect for me between the hype for Archimedes Ordonez and what I look at when he's actually playing. Now, it's admittedly a small sample size, but it's just like, okay. Yeah. Everyone tells me he's great. I just don't see it when he <laughs> plays here. And then finally, wrapping up this segment, Nick Markanic. Uh, I think he goes. I don't know. I don't have a clue. No, I think he stays. I think he stays. He's he's too cheap. Yeah, and maybe but MLS. Do you replace too. him? Do you replace him with your first round pick of the MLS draft next year? Because you don't get a good pick, but you get an earlier pick than Nick was. So you think you're upgrading there? Maybe. Um. Maybe. Um. Yeah. So couldn't care one way or the other. On maybe him. you trade all your draft picks to St. Louis, like <laughs> we got fleeced, <laughs> and sell them. Um. I mean, they seem to be making every other fucking mistake we did by, you know, not having MLS people involved in their front office and talking about we're not going to bring in multiple designated players. We don't need that on our team. Maybe you can fleece them into thinking draft picks are worth something too. Albright's done they it once. They have a designated player as their goalkeeper. Uh, which is just incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. L l let me know how that works out but, for you. This is going to be great. You, you, you call me at the end of the year and let me know how this is going for Kenneth you. Kenneth Vermeer School of Goalkeeping, <laughs> bringing it full circle here. Uh, well, there you yeah, go. Shemeshlav Teton, international keeper at a high dollar Who deal. Who is why not playing keeper for Ron Jans's FC Twenty? So there you go. <laughs> Uh, you can never escape. Awesome. Uh, so there you go. If you were wondering uh, whose jersey not to buy at the uh, end of your blowout sale, there you go. We gave you we gave you who not to get on the back of that kit there. Um, shall we head over to part three, answer some questions, and then get out of here? And we're back. We're answering questions. That was my outro. <laughs> it's very jarring when you don't have the music in between it. Uh, our depressing emo music. That's sad, depressing <laughs> The funeral dirge between uh, segments. You know. uh, we got some great questions, though. I was very happy with these. And uh, I, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't start with this one. 
making a starting 11 out of different types of pasta. Thank you, Kivbot. Do we, I mean, I don't even know if I can name I mean, you gotta have 11 the, I, different types of pasta well, I mean, as an uncultured person. You're obviously your, your goalkeeper, your goalkeeper yeah. has to be yes, lasagna, it's, it's right? The because it's just like, it's the yes. widest noodle. It covers the most, covers most surface area. Um, you're going to want as a center back, I'm thinking like a manicotti okay. and a rigatoni, like two big, bigger sure. noodles, I think, you know, some, to win some size battles. Like your, your wingers, you're going to want like some elbow macaroni. Mm. Um, you're going to want probably maybe some rotini, right? something twisty, something speedy. I was thinking. And then for yeah. your striker, I mean, striker, you're going to want like, you know, like a ravioli or a tortellini, I think. Something no, I think ravioli is your six. Ooh, six. And I think that that mid. Maybe, you play, maybe you play two strikers. One, you play like a. When you play like a stuffed tortellini and the other is like a penne that's like right. more slippery, hard to hard to keep control of. <laughs> right. Like a mastacholi in here might be pretty good too. Just something where it's like you got a little bit of a different shape and a little bit of like a like you're looking for a chaos creator and someone mm-hmm. that can finish. And to me, the the tortellini is the person that finishes and the mastacholi is what creates chaos, yeah, I right. think. Um a voice described yeah. Sergio Santos who's your ta- who's your- Master Sholi, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> What's your 10 in this setup, though? What's your attacking mid? You got to have something that's really got some, some heft to it, I would think. Like a spaghetti. Yeah. Spaghetti? Most, most, most Long, versatile. Box to box. Like literally. Literally reaches box So not like a, a Costa 10, but like a De Bruyne. Right? Because... Yeah, so maybe like a, you get a you get a linguini off the bench to replace him late in the matches where he's not quite as wiry and live, but also maybe be able to like cause him clog up the midfield a little bit, hold the ball a little better with a little thicker noodle. All right, so what sauce are you going with? Tie it all together. Oh, you got to go with red sauce. Red sauce, little meat. Although the the true gentleman sauce is the mix of the red and the white. Do a little half and half a right there. Vodka sauce. A little vodka sauce, get a little, you know, cut it a little bit, a little pink. I'm just hungry now, <laughs> is all I am. <laughs> Grayson's really chewing on this really uh, sauce some, question, I think. I could, I, could really, I could really go for some pasta right now. <laughs> You'd have gotten bonus points if you gotten Cincinnati chili as your sauce, but... <laughs> I, I think you go vodka. I think vodka, it's got a little, you know, spice to it, a little, yeah, bit, a little flair. So what I'm what I'm hearing is that what we need to do for the postcast is we need to get the entire crew of the post and we need to go out to Olive Garden and do the never ending pasta bowls and really put this to the test as to where we sit on the various noodles doing this. We do a, a five aside competition. Everybody has has their five pastas. So, <laughs> so I, I was I was I had to go on the road for work uh, last week and I was with a guy who was telling this story that. Um, he had a friend that was studying for like some CPA exam or whatever it is that people that work with money auditors <laughs> or insurance people, they had to take in order to like do money or numbers, whatever the fuck it is. And they apparently you have to keep taking these exams. So there's like high level, there's mid level, whatever it is. So for this final exam, his one friend was stressing out and he was, they were living in Columbus and he said to him, okay, if you pass this exam, all of us, our friend group, we're going to go out to Jeff Ruby's. We're going to get a steak dinner and I'm going to pick the check up. 
And he was like, okay, that's cool. It's motivation right there. Well, he failed it. <laughs> and so you have to take these exams over and over again. So the next time he takes it, he's like, okay, well, you didn't fail. You didn't pass the first time. So we're not going to go to Ruby's. But if you pass this time, we're going to go to the Capitol Grill. And he failed the exam, the exam again. So he went to take it a third time. And he's like, okay, well, this time it's the Cheesecake Factory. We're all going to go to the Cheesecake Factory if you pass. And he failed again. <laughs> So finally, on the fourth time, he said, okay, you've taken this exam four times. We're still going to go have a celebration, but if you pass this time, we're going to Red Lobster. And so he passed, <laughs> and they had like a, a banquet for all their friends at Red Lobster, ran up a $3,000 bill, and ever since then, it's been the official restaurant that you go to for mediocre accomplishments in your life. <laughs> like you accomplish something truly mediocre, you go to Red Lobster. I, I feel like that could be that us with the Olive Garden in the post. Like, great moments in the post's history. We all go to the Olive Garden for a fancy meal. I'm, I mean, I'm for it. Maybe we have some of our patrons on Patreon join us. And, uh, no? Okay. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, let's... Absolutely. They can have the breadsticks and the yes. salad. <laughs> what is the floor and the ceiling for this team next year? slash early predictions from Foozer City. Let me tell you this. It's MLS, baby. The floor is wooden spoon and the ceiling is MLS cup. Are you telling me? Like, there, there's, a, there's a world where Woboda blows out his knee in the preseason, Brenner and Vasquez are both sold, Acosta doesn't have it, and uh, we're fucking awful. So enjoy that thought for a while. And uh, the other is... Albright continues to do what he's doing. Noonan does what he does, and we just walk to MLS Cup. That's that's your ceiling. Like, what am I missing? I mean, the floor is always lava. The floor is <laughs> yes. lava. That's always the answer to this question. <laughs> it was right there. Um, Grayson, anything on this? No, we're gonna we're we're, we're yeah. winning. We're winning the MLS Cup next year. Is that the floor? Year. Floor is MLS Cup. Ceiling yeah, so, is MLS so Cup. I think the only I think boom. that's the only way to answer it. But let's say like. Albright and Noonan keep doing what they're doing. The team stays relatively healthy. Um, they don't miss on any big signings. Then I think the floor is what we did this season, and the ceiling is, um, you know, a treble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> winning, we're winning the U.S. Supporter Shield, winning, winning the MLS Cup. Can we, even, can, can we even get in the Champions League? We'll kick the door in there, too. We'll figure out a way. I mean... If well, you can win Supporters Shield, you can suspended. win MLS Cup, you can win US Open Cup. And yeah, the League's Cup. God, how oh, dare you yes, guys. League's yeah. Cup. <laughs> Quadruple. Yes, yeah, we're winning that too. Right. Uh, That's the floor. That's the floor. I like it. Your IFAB. No, your IFAB. Uh, you can delete, modify, or add one law to the game. What are we doing? This one comes from uh, the Sir CW. What are you doing, Chief? Uh, you should lead off, lead, off, lead off with your idea, Kevin, because I love this one. Yeah, we were talking about <laughs> It's earlier. absolutely multi-ball. You just had the one rule in there, and it's another ball. Then everything else stays the same. But it, but it wouldn't be just one more ball. Why wouldn't you add two more balls and make one of them the money ball? And if you score the money ball that gets gold, that's worth three goals. I like that. So there's always three balls going, and one of them is the one that's either worth three when you score it, or if you own gold, it takes away three from you. Something I like, like that. that. I also like going back to like soccer's roots of like a giant mob game that was played from entire two halves of a city trying to get a ball from one side to the other. So I would say 
every time you concede a goal, you get another player on the field, and that player never goes away. So by the end of a game where it's 5-5, you will have, uh, what is that, <laughs> 16 versus 16 on the field. That's what I want to see. That's, that's, that's a fun sport. Just never-ending people. <laughs> I think they should bring the penalty box to ho- to to soccer, like a hockey Ooh, thing. Yeah, where you outs. commit an infraction. Yeah, and you get you get a timeout. Like you cynically foul someone. It's it's two minutes in the booth, and you play down a man for two minutes. Or I love it. I don't know. Then fi- have a, a penalty for fighting. Get some fighting in soccer too. I just I I love that hockey has an enumerated penalty for fighting. Like they have already designed the sport in contemplation of the fact that people will yes. fight. So I think that should be there. I also think that the official should be allowed to award um, to send you into the penalty box if he thinks that you're faking being yes. hurt. So if he comes over to you and he adjudges that you're milking it, that you should be have to go to the penalty box for two minutes to get off the field. I kind of like that as well. I like it. Grayson, what are you doing to our beautiful game? Um, so if a, if a guy goes down in the box and calls for a penalty, if the ref doesn't call a foul, the ref has to card that guy. And yes. this decision is not subject to VAR. Ooh. So wait, like, it's just, so if you get up in the box howling for a call and the ref doesn't give it, then you're giving yes. the card? I love this. Because either... Yes. Either it's That's a phenomenal. foul or a guy is trying to or cynically he, steal a penalty, right? Right. That's like, I hate the fucking thing in the NFL where every time you don't catch a ball, you're, the guy gets up doing yeah. one of these with his arm, asking where the flag is. That should be a pass interference flag going the other way. If you ask for the flag, it should be a, a, an automatic no, and you are also the one penalized. I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even leave it to the ref's discretion. If you get up asking for a call, it should immediately be no call, a card to you there's none of this bullshit about swarming the ref or asking where the foul was like no play the game let the dude ref the game let your manager be the one that yells for manager and captain i like that i mean i I don't have a problem with the captain talking to the ref right but every team every team swarms the ref yes it's awful um i believe i i can't remember if this is a rule or if it was just a proposed rule but they were going to start penalizing players for doing the VAR uh, hand gesture for a while. I don't know if they actually did that, uh, but I feel like I don't see players doing that too often. But you certainly see the players miming the card, and I wouldn't mind them getting a card for miming a card. That would be fun. Um, I like this one from Mark. Uh, we'll only answer this if you give us some new transition music, Mark. Uh, you can only lock down four players for next year. Who are they and why? This kind of we did well, kind of already do this. I'm going to lock down the players who are least likely to be vaccinated. So Cameron, <laughs> Nelson, <laughs> uh, Miazga, and uh, I guess Blackett if he's still on the Brenner. team. Brenner, this, Brenner, yeah, this, this question comes in from from Gretchen. This, this question comes in from Gretchen in Michigan. Who are you going to lock down and why? <laughs> well, not my not my husband, not my obviously. Husband. Um, I, I assume he means who, uh, if if everybody would be up for like a draft, who are you? What right. what four players are you protect, protecting? So it's got to be Wobodo, <laughs> Vasquez, Miazga, um, Miazga, 
Celentano. Brenner or Celentano? Yeah. But we're we're getting the Costa going? (sighs) Ooh, fuck. All right, so fuck. Uh, Acosta, Vasquez, Waboto, and Celentano? So not me asking. I'd be be tempted to drop Celentano and add Brenner. Just because, like, Celentano's great, but he's not a $13 million Brazilian striker. And I feel like... Yeah, but here's the problem. But but here's the problem we just talked about in the last segment is that in order to get your money back from Brenner, you've got to make like fifteen million dollars to cover the sell-on. Versus if Celentano puts it up another two good years like this, you're gonna make an ass load of money selling him somewhere. But what if I don't want to sell Brenner? <laughs> what if I just want Brenner's production for the next so, five years? <laughs> what, if, what, if, what if I just what if I just want him for him? What Why if can't he's I just like Brenner? Right it's like some some blessed union of soul shit. I like him for him. So de- definitely, definitely Wobodo and Acosta, right? I think so. Yeah, and then it's Vasquez, some combination. All... Oh yeah, some combination of Vasquez, Brenner, Solentano, and Miazga. Miazga. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I think I think it's got to be Woboto, Vasquez, and Acosta, and the question is Celentano or Brenner. Like Miazga was a great bit of business, but at the end of the day, he's a Tam guy. And he's, was he actually better than are... Nick Hagland? And really ask yourself that. Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> what I do know is that, like, <laughs> okay, the, fine. Yes, he was. It, right. You're you're more likely to get to make money selling Vasquez down the road as a Tam guy than you are Miazga as a Tam guy, and I feel like it's easier to find a center back than it is center to find backs a striker. Are hard to come by in this league right now. Not that a lot of teams. Not a lot of teams though. have really good center backs. It is hard to find. Um, JP asks, "How would you feel if FIFA, as we learned, IFAB?" allowed a manager to call a 30-second timeout once per half like in every other major sport? Hell no. This is how you get ads in your soccer. Cut it out. Stop asking for it. No. <laughs> yes. 30-second timeout and add a fourth DP with the money you make. Um, I'm against... This DP commercial brought to you by, you know, fucking Ace Hardware. I'm against yes. IFAB doing it. Building better teams, Ace Hardware. I'm against IFAB doing it, but I'm pro doing it if only MLS does it because people will lose their minds. <laughs> just, yeah, yes. That's actually a good point. Also, I don't want the, I don't want the coaches to be able to call it. I want the players to be able to call Ooh. it and I want them to be able to call it one time in yeah, any situation. Like so like like team on a breakaway, you've still got your penalty, you still got your timeout. Quick, give me the timeout. Give me the timeout. Or like, you know, Whoa. you're badly beaten. Like it's a two v two. Your keeper's out. You just call timeout. Like the only thing should have to be that you have to call it before the ball is in the air. So you can't call it while the ball is being shot. Like once they actually hit the ball, you've got to accept the results. Whatever happens there. But if you can get the timeout in before they actually kick the ball, all play stops for thirty seconds. People would freak out. It would be very funny. <laughs> it would be incredible. Oh my god, the takes online would be gold. And the first time somebody actually used this to stop a clear goal scoring opportunity, like the world <laughs> would melt down. The soccer world would be incredible. What if, uh, what if during your timeout you got to add a multi ball? Just throwing it out there. <laughs> you could, hey, we're going to play with one more ball. Uh, let's see. I like this one from Pete, and it spawned a lot of spinoff conversations from us. 
would you rather have a team of 11 Lucho-sized Matt Miazgas or 11 Miazga-sized Luchos? I think Miazga-sized Luchos is the clear winner here. I think... Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know why you would want anything is Lucho, else. Is Lucho, can Lucho do Lucho things if he's Matt Miazga-sized? Think about how much more devastating they would be, though. <laughs> I feel like a giraffe playing soccer be- well. How many extra how many extra cards would he pick up being able to actually headbutt people oh, now? Jesus, that's a great point. <laughs> his 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 flailing elbow will land in, in people's faces now. Um if there was a player that you could have eleven of of FCC, which player do you think would make the best starting lineup? So if you could have like yeah, like eleven Luchos versus eleven Miazgas who would win and then which player would make the best all 11 of themselves obi for me obi's a good choice you want you want a versatile player for sure i was thinking kubo could be good he's he's proven to be good at both sides of the the ball these days ariel ariel's a good choice I don't know, it does it's a little a short. It's going to be short. tough on goalkeeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, that, he... not that Kubo's a giant. Yeah. What about Rome, just 11 Roman Celentanos running out there? That would be hilarious at any rate. You know you'd, you'd, you'd have good goalkeeping at any rate for, for whatever it's worth. That's a good point. Do you pick the goalkeeper just because you, you're pretty sure that, you know, a Roman Celentano playing striker probably scores on Lucho playing goalkeeper? Right. That that so. <laughs> that would be electric though. Eleven goalkeepers versus eleven goalkeepers, and you have to have them playing on the outfield as well, just to see what that looks like. I mean, this feels like an MLS All Star right. situation here. We should like, we should absolutely get this organized. Roman Celentano, the the center back or the uh, the attacking mid, turning around to yell at Roman Celentano, the goalkeeper, for bad distribution. <laughs> That's actually a good point. They would never get the ball from Roman. <laughs> that would be a huge problem. There's a huge flaw on that team. Um, finally, from uh, from Franklin here. Uh, how does the SEC fandom evolve in 2023? And if each of you could wave a magic wand to change one thing about the fandom next year, what would it be, Chief? If you have to excuse yourself from this. As a uh, a member of a uh, a supporters group, I I fully understand that. Yeah, I get the enough. Queen City get, War Pigs are influential here, so I, I get enough emails as it is. So <laughs> I I would add flares. That's what my magic wand would be. If we could be the first fan base with flares in the stands, I think we would be evolved. I think that would be good. I want like an Antifa supporters group. That like actually like I think that'd be fun, like getting like getting into like wing. getting into like real fights with uh, with other with other <laughs> groups, and then just like see everybody try to deal with it and all the all the debate and the consternation <laughs> about what's going on there. And uh, all right, so if I'm gonna give a real answer to this, like I really do wish that there was twice as many people online for FC Cincinnati fandom. Like I really wish, like. FC Cincinnati Twitter is hilarious. I just wish twice as many people were on it to be twice as insufferable to other fan bases. Like Philly fans by the end of like last weekend were just thoroughly angry at having to interact yes. with everyone. And if there were twice as many people, that would make me really happy. It's fair. <laughs> well, 
the uh, start the, the campaign. The 501st Internet Asshole Brigade. Let's get that going. <laughs> I'll take out an ad in the uh, FCC program asking people these, to join. <laughs> just sign up for your social media platform. Smash the fight button. Let's get this going here. Just be really insufferable, bad Internet citizens, please. <laughs> just join and be the most toxic human being you know you can be. Like, we got to get Springsteen uh, to do some of those, like, recruitment posters. Like, they're fighting on the field. We're fighting online. <laughs> do your part. <laughs> you know, um, I'm sure every niche community has had these, but my favorite ones I ever came across were uh, Eve Online uh, oh, generated some of the I, I like I desperately wanted, posters. I desperately wanted to be involved in this game, but like I also had no desire to be involved in this game. Like reading the <sighs> stories about these weirdos that played this game and like the political intrigue and shit like that, this was so up my alley. Like reading about the game was probably ten times more exciting than playing it. But shit, like the people like I think they had like a they had more. like a something awful dot com yes. fleet from back in the day and they were just griefers which the super on yes. brand the, <laughs> the goon swarm and it's like yeah like the internet cesspool toxic message board they all get together to start playing an online video game together what could possibly go wrong with this there was a uh, there was a reddit one that that worked with them i believe i mean the alliance has changed but the uh, the reddit alliance was a uh, test alliance please ignore which i really enjoyed <laughs> Um, yeah, incredible game. I did play that for a few years. It was uh, very fun. That's not shocking. Um, that's like that's the of all the facts I've learned about you. That's that's the least <laughs> shocking fact I think that you were an Eve online dive. simulator. Spread Excel uh, in space. <laughs> it's uh, uh, Eve players uh, declare they've won the game when they quit. So I've been winning for a few years now. <laughs> so it's good. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't think we can wrap up the postcast here until we we say farewell, Bon Voyage. Wait, 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 wait. We have one more, oh, we have one oh. more question, and I did, I did answer we? it. We were asked oh, for a please. House of the Dragon eleven. <laughs> I'm just gonna run down real All fast. Right. Let's hear it. Let's hear okay. it. Mix one Euphoria character in here just to make people mad. <laughs> we have to um, guess who it is. I've already done a Euphoria eleven. It's on my Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Keeper, Corliss, Corliss Valerian, right back, Sir Eric Cargill, right center back, Sir Harwin Strong, left center back, Kristen Cole, left back, Arik Cargill, eight is Rhaenyra, six is Otto Hightower, ten is Damon, right wing is Rhaenys, left wing is Amond, and center forward is Alicent, the fox in the box who bides time, stays in position, and finishes. Where is uh, where does Cassian Andor play or Luthen Rail? I don't know what those are. Yeah, <laughs> watch a good show, bro. A Star Wars Eleven will will have to happen at some point. Um, no, we gotta we gotta <laughs> say goodbye to one Knifey Lion Radio. R.I.P. I uh, I can't believe it's over. It feels sad and devastating. So, um. Yeah, Chief, I, I mean, take it away. You had a great idea here, so. Yeah, no, it's, um, I don't think I could say it any better than Jonah did in his yeah. introduction that made me shockingly tear up while sitting at my desk. Like, okay, I wasn't expecting I that know. at all. Like, just devastating gut punch. Um, 
it's uh, what he did was really good. I think you said it on the your KLR minute or your MLS yes. minute that like <laughs> the pride was thinking about starting a podcast and he just sort of torpedoed that directly out of the shoot with how good his quality was. And, you know, yep. it's it's um, we've all sort of become friends with Jonah as a result of him becoming more involved in the FCC supporters <laughs> community from his, you know, he was, I, I don't think he'll ever admit it, but that, you know, he was having a lot more fun when he didn't know any of us and he could just shit on us anonymously. Yes. And then all of a sudden yes. some, some faces, uh, some faces went along with the names and we all went out and got Chinese food a bunch of times. And all of a sudden it was a lot harder <laughs> to shit on a bunch of us. But I think he, about the first, uh, I think it was like the second episode. Uh, he used audio clips of me speaking at city hall or something like about the stadium and it was uh it was very funny but it was immediately like i gotta meet this guy this was hilarious but and i i think about how like i don't know some fcc online drama goes these days where it's like you make fun of somebody and like they take it super personal which is just like wow that's hilarious i want to go meet that person and and i consider jonah to be a friend at this point and um he of all my friends that i have he's probably generated the most emails that i've had to respond to just with (laughs) <laughs> like when he goes online and just declares the DI is done and all of a sudden I get emails and <laughs> Das Harks gets emails and it's just I love the man like a brother but just Christ <laughs> so anyway my idea was that in honor of the last KLR episode that what we can do is uh, we did this uh, Grayson when you were off um, touring the world between jobs that we decided that we would pick our uh, three DPs of a given topic. And in honor of KLR, we're going to pick each of us our three DPs of best favorite KLR segments, or I'll also include sound effects just because I really want to pick the reggaeton sound for one of my picks. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I'm going to well, go for it. Give us, give gonna, us your gonna, DP. I'm going to pick the order. Now we're going to go one at a time. We're going to Kevin, Grace, and me, and we'll just go around the room until Ooh. we all have our three here. Go. Okay. The, on, we're going uh, to do, we're gonna do, one... we're gonna do a snake draft. So it's going to go Kevin, Grace, and me. I'll pick twice. Then Grace and Kevin, you pick. Yeah. I like this. This will, be, this will get confusing, and I like it. So my number one pick uh, would be a, a segment that had so much hype, so much promise, an amazing theme song, and it never went anywhere. The meme police. <laughs> Damn it. Should have been so much better than it was. Damn you, Joe. <laughs> One appearance for the meme police and then never heard from again. And it was so good. It's like the, the FedEx Pope of segments for KLR. Uh, one of the things I always appreciated about KLR was the willingness to do something just kind of weird and unexpected that, you know, nobody else would even would even really think to do and so my first pick is going to be the um, podcast format they did after the 7-1 loss to minnesota uh-huh. united oh, they did the whole the episode as like the looney bin yeah <laughs> with with nick doing that awful minnesota yes. accent yes <laughs> it kind of sounded like an i like he was doing a yep. bad irishman oh yeah gar oh, oh yeah. yeah don't you know they're aoai <laughs> that was so fucking funny (laughs) i do have a goal too when we do when we play minnesota next year i do want to have nick and jonah on to do a special episode like do the looney bin 
and just have them on as our guests for a segment and see if they a can march, stay in character. A march to match day with the loony bin would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> you gotta cut that before somebody like steals it. Yes. <laughs> Alright, so I gotta pick two here since we're gonna do the snake draft format. So I'm gonna start yes. with the uh the uh the reggaeton just the the random sound yes. drop whenever <laughs> whenever reggaeton would get mentioned for any reason and what i loved about it was just that it would get dropped in as people were talking you just hear it in the background quietly just yes. rocking out and it's always like whenever you go to like a bar that plays that kind of music and all of a sudden you hear that little clip out of context every time all i can think about is Andre Reggaeton. <laughs> Andre Reggaeton, who just quit on the <laughs> he team. Just left. He just fucking left. He was like, you know what? I've had a blast. I'm out. So that's uh, that's my number one. My number two is uh, FCC Survivor, just for being yes. the most absurd segment of all time that we must vote someone <laughs> off every week. And it's like, there's not enough players to do this every week. You're going to run out of players before you run out of weeks. And it was always like, it was always fucking absurd that like, well, I guess this week we have to vote. Um, we're voting Brandon Vasquez off this week. He's like, well, okay. <laughs> Wait, and I think they each voted off a person, so they ran through players twice as fast. It was great. All right, Grayson, you're up. Um, oh man, it's 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 tough. Um, I'm gonna go with um FCC Inside Source. Ooh, and yeah, specifically yeah. the one I'm thinking of, and I wish I could like I wish I could combine the like Alan Koch character into <laughs> into like that as well. But 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 I'm gonna go with the inside source and specifically the one where <laughs> it was like clearly like Nightcamp's the son. <laughs> like the, where there's like the the guy whose name I won't mention is doing like that Dutch accent and like my father yes. my father would respect me. <laughs> that was great, man. Remember when the GM's son was like leaking news on yeah, Twitter? What a DM weird time. Him. You just DM him and find out anything you want to know about the team. Which was great, too, oh because Nightcamp didn't do press or media, so the only way to learn shit was to DM his kid. <laughs> and his kid was willing to talk and, like, knew everything, which seemed like a bad idea. Oh, man. Um, Kevin, your, mean, last, your last two. It's the, the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. The uh, I mean, I guess that's what we're doing here, but, like, uh, top tier... For me, is the Danny Koenig just saying his name. <laughs> Danny Koenig. Danny Koenig. <laughs> this giant bruising lower league American or American lower league striker. And you know, just it, the highest pitch voice. It took me forever to realize that was him saying it. Like, I thought that was just yes. Jonah saying it and speeding the soundtrack up. But. No, that was uh, FCC did this once and never again had all of the players say their names in a YouTube video. And uh, that's when Nazmi mispronounced his own name, is what a lot of people were saying. And then Danny Koenig gave us that, that incredible moment. Um, <clears throat> I don't... Is it... Can I pick my own minute? Is that self-indulgent? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. I mean, Kevin's MLS minute was a lot of fun. Um, I remember pitching it to Jonah... Of like, hey, FCC could go 
far in the playoffs. And wouldn't it be funny if I only had 60 seconds to tell you about what was happening on the Western half of the the playoffs <laughs> and then we lost in the second round and i was like well shit i guess that's the end of my segment after two <laughs> weeks um so or one week actually so that was funny but no that was that was a lot of fun and i have a shit ton of one minute long files i will say this um for the final one i, I gave a nice little story whatever i was originally gonna do my top 10 seconds of kevin's mls minutes and just drop 10 random seconds in there as like a hall of fame of that so that was that was the deleted scene grayson uh, grayson your last, your last your pick. final pick your third designated um, player specifically nick's headlines <laughs> <laughs> The Idaho potato, baby. The Idaho potato. (laughs) It's not clear Nick ever understood the assignment. I used to send uh, I used to send Nick headline ideas every so often, and my only requ- requirement was it had to be sourced to the Idaho potato because it made me laugh so much the first time it was done. Oh my god! No, those are great, and. Chief, your final pick. I'd be tempted to do they made a movie right here just because I really enjoyed coming up with those on my own. We did the uh the FCC the live show we did the one time. A live show. The ill-fated live oh. show. Uh I'm gonna go with stadium <laughs> status just because the oh. ran, the random rap drop right there. And like it really was a simpler time when we were fixated and wondering what the hell was going on with the stadium and uh wow. the need to build a stadium to make sure we were gonna get the mls bid and just I, I i that was a just a wild time in fcc history and hearing the stadium status was you always knew you were gonna get good content when that happened it is funny that's like it's kind of the the perfect one for the the era where klr existed of you know before mls going into mls and then finally getting the stadium built but covid restricting the uh the crowds is the stadium status does sort of like perfectly cover the years that that klr was with us r.i.p um and yeah i think that'll do it but no it was is fantastic and i hope it comes back in some way shape or form i would love klr quarterly uh, I think that would be hilarious. Uh, the Dan Carlin of FCC podcasts. Um, if not just straight up recruiting Jonah to come join the postcast in some way, shape, or form. I think that would be a, a welcome addition. Solving um, the I was thinking it was a little too white around here with uh, just three white dudes. I was thinking just one more. And, and what, would right more three, what, what would be more three? What would be more three white guys than uh, going over to the uh, the ruins of KLR <laughs> and scooping up what we want and hauling it back did, to our own podcast? I did always like the. Uh, <laughs> putting it in our museum refusing to give it back <laughs> the uh the what is it the the plural of lions is a pride the 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 plural of white guys is a podcast i like that you got it's a little good. bit um <clears throat> i think that does it for this episode Christ, two hours. Oh, now I just you think I got some sad. editing ahead of me? <laughs> or not. Fuck it. It's the off season. What else are you going to do? Watch FCC? Oh. Fuck Columbus. Fuck Columbus.